All right, good morning, everybody. Would you stand with me as we read the word of the Lord today? We're going to be reading from Psalm chapter 69, verse 30 through 36. It says this, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek the Lord, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah and people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it and those who love his name shall dwell in it. This is the word of the Lord. All right, you guys can be seated. Now, you thought music time was over, okay? But uh, this is family Sunday, right? Um, so I thought, uh, I'm kind of a purist when it comes to Christmas music, okay? Uh, I don't listen to Christmas music. I try not to unless my wife, the sinner, uh, starts playing it before Thanksgiving. Um, <clears throat> I kind of like to have it, you know, this is, there's Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving just gets the bad end of the deal, okay? So I'm going to give a little bit more attention to Thanksgiving today, even though you're probably done with your Thanksgiving leftovers. Um, Christmas has so many wonderful songs, doesn't it? Where are the Thanksgiving songs? Where are they, folks? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> there's just, <laughs> there's not enough Thanksgiving songs. Honestly, I had to scratch really far go down you know when I first got married my wife and my mother-in-law sang this song and I was like I've never heard a Thanksgiving song but this is the only one I have okay it goes like this well the turkey sat on the backyard fence and he sang this sad sad song Thanksgiving days coming gobble 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 and I know it won't be long gobble 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 and I know it won't be long that's terrible and she's teaching my children, man. Who have I married? I don't know. But then I thought, you know what? Man, I, I grew up in church. There's lots of Thanksgiving songs, right? There's a, this, this is one of my favorite songs. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Right? Thanksgiving song. Hey, there you go. Some of you are like, taken back to your childhood. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're singing, right? Okay, uh, I was in South Carolina a few weeks ago. My family and I, I was helping produce a conference out there, and I walked out of the building that the conference was in, and uh, there was a homeless man on the street, and he was singing at the top of his lungs. And he was singing the song. And you know how songs can take you back, like to these moments in your life, especially songs that you sung in, sang in church, um, and this was one of my favorites. I used to sing this all the time. It was actually one of the first songs I ever learned on guitar. 
And I used to play it just, it, it was like the first song that I could just like play guitar and worship with. And he was singing this song and I just had to go over and join him, but uh, it's a Thanksgiving song too. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and whole, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. It's a Thanksgiving song, too. Um, and then there's another one. Thank you for giving. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to play it. So, hey, I want you to turn to the person next to you and just tell them, just practice a little gratefulness. Tell them something you're grateful for right now, even if it was that song, the turkey song. That's all. Just turn real quick. All right, all right, enough gratefulness, okay? Uh, but I did want to do a little TBT, okay, throwback Thanksgiving, okay? I, I felt like this season really needs more gratitude, right? And at what point did we stop being taught to be grateful, right? At, at some point, you were just incessantly taught to be grateful. Like everything you do, what'd you say? What do you say, son? What do you say? Thank you. Okay, good job. And then the next time, the next like a hundred times that day, at what point did you stop teaching your children to be grateful? Is it like 12? No, probably not. 15, maybe? 17? You know, when they're taller than you? I don't know. <laughs> what, what happened? Why is there some transition point when we become adults that nobody cares if you're grateful or not? Or they care, they just talk about you behind your back, right? <laughs> they, don't, they don't confront you and say, uh, what do you say, sir? You know, <laughs> uh, thank you. I mean, that would be weird, right? But here, this is, there's just one thing we're going to talk about today, and that is this, that gratitude is not just for kids. Okay, we, we talk to our kids, we teach our kids. As parents, we do a lot. And as a, as a son or daughter, as we all are, we were just beat down with gratefulness, with gratitude. You need to be grateful, son. Listen, you don't know how good you have it, Right? Or uh, can't you just be content? Or I need to see some gratefulness from you, right? And then at some point, we grow up and nobody says anything to us. And when they do, what happens? Why you got to be judging me? Why, why you got to be picking on me? Come on. I'm grateful. I'm a grateful person. You know, we get defensive. That's what happens. But gratitude is not just for kids. Why? Because we are in a serious gratitude deficit in our culture, in our leadership, in our families, in our homes. Man, we're ungrateful, careless, selfish, short-sighted. We can't be content. We're often jealous, sometimes devious. We're sinful. We're liars and thieves, all because we lack a simple thing called gratitude. 
And gratitude, let's get it straight, is not just about manners. True, God-centered, wise gratitude is a powerful tool that God has given us to live the life of power that he has called us to. So God wants us in our lives to be enriched by the power of gratitude. So what I want to give you today is five reasons that gratitude is not just for kids. And I want to rescue gratitude from the self-help category. I want to rescue gratitude from just this little thing that we teach our kids to do. And I want you to embrace the power, that, the potential that a habit and a consistent commitment to gratitude can bring in your life. So if you have your review, uh, just pull out your notes. Just, I would just ask you, write this down. You're probably, you're probably not going to be grateful for it right now. But sometime in the future, you'll be grateful that you wrote this down. Five reasons gratitude is not just for kids. Reason number one is gratitude aligns us. I have a friend who's a chiropractor, and um, he, he uh, has this statement. He talks about how sometimes when our vertebrae get out of line, they pinch nerves. Anybody ever had a pinched nerve in your back or in your neck, right? And he said basically what that does is it, it reduces the quality of the signal uh, two different organs or two different glands. And, and that's why these organs start to fail or you're having trouble is because these nerves are pinched and the pathways are pinched. And so he has this statement. He says, um, pinch the nerve to your leg, it goes numb. Pinch the nerve to your heart and you're dead. And I thought, man, you need to come up with another slogan. That one's not quite as, uh, doesn't have quite that joyful ring to it, right? But the reality is, is that gratitude is like a chiropractor for your heart and for your mind. Gratitude resets your perspective. It realigns you. And let's look real quick at, at Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 10, the song, uh, the, the prayer that Jen read today. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You see, gratefulness is the foundation of praise. And praise is an expression of gratitude. And what Jesus is saying here is he's, I'm going to set the stage for you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. At the very beginning, we are going to lift up. We are going to say, God, your name is holy above all others. And then listen to the context he brings here. Having said that, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying gratitude, this praise, aligns our hearts to where then we can say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Think about the story of Peter, how Peter was a man before Jesus passed away, before he denied Jesus three times. He was a man of great boldness and power and, and he had kind of a little bit of pride at times, right? And yet, all of that pride led him to this place where he denied Jesus. The one thing he said he would not do, he did, and he was crushed. And Jesus died, and his life was over. And then Jesus rose again, and he came and met Peter. And he restored Peter, and he said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, yes, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. And in doing that, Jesus restored not only Peter's heart, embraced him and healed that wound and said, you are, there's nothing between us now. You're right. You're back in right alignment with me. And now I'm going to call you to be the leader. And what a difference between Peter 
on the shore that day and Peter on the day of Pentecost. When Peter stood up with boldness, with a supernatural power and preached the gospel and thousands of people received the gospel that day. Boldly, the man that went from denying Jesus in his darkest hour, he turned him away three times. He said, I do not know him. I'm not that man. And then he stood in front of a crowd of thousands and preached boldly the gospel. That's the difference that gratitude makes in our lives. Is Peter's gratitude for the mercy of Jesus on his life aligned him with the purpose of the Father and gave him power that he never had before. Gratitude aligns us. All right, number two is this. Gratitude balances humility and confidence. Now, for a long time in my life, I thought that to be confident meant to be arrogant. And I didn't want to be an arrogant person because I had seen plenty of arrogant people and I didn't like them, right? But what that really became in me was a root of pride in my own life because I wanted to be humble at all costs. And I thought that humility was that when someone gives you a compliment, you deflect. Or when, when someone tries to build you up, you, you don't receive it. Or you constantly talk down to yourself. And what, what had happened in my life is that Satan had distorted humility in my life and he had used it to break down my self-confidence. He had used it to, to pervert what God had truly meant. Because what happens is that when we express gratitude to the Lord and we see who God is and who we are not, that is humility. But now positioned with humility then we can walk in great confidence, in true confidence. And when we understand who we are in Christ, then we can walk in a confidence like no one else. If you wake in the morning and you say, Jesus, I understand, this is a practice that you can do, guys, and it's powerful. If you will make this a part of your daily morning routine, Jesus, you are, you are infinite, you are wonderful, you are so much beyond, you are, you are so strong and I am weak. Lord, I can do nothing without you. But God, with you, I can do impossible things. Let me today walk in the confidence of impossible things. Who else to be confident except those who are redeemed? Who else to be confident except those who have died to the flesh and who have been raised from the dead to life again? What, like Paul says, what can man do to me? Death, where is your sting? That is the confidence that you and I can walk in when we understand and position ourselves with gratitude toward the Lord. Jesus, your grace on my life, I cannot live without. But because I have it, now I can walk in power. Now I can walk in confidence. Gratitude balances humility and confidence. Number three is this, and this is an important one, one that I, I want you to get in your heart today, is that gratitude isn't just some little, like I said, some little fancy little help, self-help tactic. Gratitude is a deadly weapon. We don't want to reduce gratitude to a, just something that kids do. Gratitude is not just for kids. A practice of gratitude is a powerful weapon against discontent, against frustration, bitterness, jealousy, envy, stress, anxiety. What, what happens when we choose to position ourselves with gratitude to the Lord and towards others? What happens? It is a weapon 
And how many people do you know that could use like a gratitude bomb to go off in their life just so they could snap them out of their funk, right? Are you kidding me? Wake up. Look at all the wonderful things you have around you. Look at all the things that God has given you. Can't you see, right? Gratitude is a weapon that is a bomb that goes off in your life, that readjusts you, that turns your sights back on who God is and what he has truly given you. Peter says that we have everything we need to live and to walk in godliness. We have everything we need. We don't need all this stuff. Doesn't God clothe the flowers of the field and the birds of the air? How much more will he clothe you? How much more will he give you food to eat? These birds don't toil for their, for their food, but, and they, they trust the Lord. How, how much more can he be trusted with you? Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So gratitude, what it does though, is it feeds the spirit and it kills the flesh. Gratitude feeds the spirit and kills the flesh. How many of you need more of that in your life, right? You're tired of doing the things that you don't want to do? You need to feed the spirit and kill the flesh. And gratitude is a deadly weapon for that. Create a habit, whatever it is, even if it's just a little thing like, you know, like Oprah says, write 10 things down before you go to bed, right? Then whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a process, it's a habit. Start speaking words of gratefulness. Start, start letting your gratitude be more than just a pad answer, like thanks. Like look people in the eyes and tell them you're grateful for them. Look your wife or your kids or your friends in the eyes and tell them what they mean to you. Express your gratitude to Jesus. Not just when you're here singing songs of worship and it's easy. Express your gratitude to Jesus. Psalm 69 that we read at the very beginning. Listen to this, guys. We read that. It was really a pretty verse. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. That's a great verse, right? But how does, this ver- how does this chapter start out, right? How does this Psalm of David start out? Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies from the deep waters. All this he says, I am afflicted in pain. And then he says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord. This, the context of this is not just coming in. He was having a great day, and he's like, I'm just going to sing a song of praise to the Lord. No, he was having a bad day. He, the waters were up to his neck. That's not good, okay, just in case you're wondering. Uh, that's not a good place to be if you're in the position where you're in trouble where you need help. You've been there though. Some of you are right there right now. You feel like everything, all your enemies have the power and they're coming against you. You feel like the waters are up to your neck. You feel like you are stuck in the mud and the mire and just can't get out. What does David give us this thought? He says, listen, 
I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Gratefulness is a powerful weapon. Number four is this. Gratitude is a sign of maturity. When you see someone who is truly grateful, do you see weakness? Do you look at them and go, what a joke? No. You look at them and you're like, man, that person's got it right. Wow. I want to be more like that. Don't you feel like that? When you see someone who's truly grateful, you're like, man, I, I, I want to be more like that. God is calling us to maturity. We see it in our kids, right? We see them begin to like say thank you, to have manners, to be grateful to one another, to be grateful for the things they have. And you see them and it's a sign that they're growing up, right? It's a sign that, they're, that, that it's working, right? You're like, yes, all of this incessant reminding them to be thankful. It's working. And we see it in adults too. Gratitude looks good on you. I want you to turn to the person next to you and just say, gratitude looks good on you. All right? Yeah. And then turn to that person and say, thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay, sorry. Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. I'm sorry. Gratitude is a sure sign of maturity. And the power of gratitude begins to enact itself in your life when you begin to look for reasons to be grateful. When you begin to practice a position of gratefulness. You choose to see it differently. That's what maturity does. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. How many times do we despise discipline? What's a great sign of immaturity? Is that when someone's disciplined, what do they do? They pout, they mope, they get angry, they run away. Right? That's a sure sign of immaturity. What is a sign of maturity? Is that when we see through the struggle, we see through the discipline to the love that, the, that our parents or our friend or someone in authority or God has for us, We can see through. That's what gratitude allows us to do. It helps us to see through the trial, through the discipline, to the other side, which results in our maturity. Romans 12 is a great verse. I I encourage you to go back and read Romans chapter 12. Just write that down. Romans chapter 12. I want you to read that this week. Do not despise God's discipline. Verse 11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This is the power of gratitude. And this is how you know you're maturing in Christ is when you can begin seeing the struggles that you're going through and you see through them with gratitude. When you see and feel the discipline of the Lord, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and instead of getting angry, and crying about it, and running away, you lean into it and you say, God, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. I trust you, Lord. I'm grateful for your discipline. Because it's easy, God's right? It's easy to be, to be grateful for that check that comes in the mail that was unexpected. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, <clears throat> it's easy to be grateful for the person in front of you that pays for your Starbucks. Oh, isn't that sweet? Thank you, Jesus. I'm blessed. Oh, Lord, I'm blessed. Right? But aren't you equally 
or if not more as blessed when God sees you going the wrong direction and he stops you in your tracks? Aren't you equally or more blessed when God stands before you and says, no, do not go there. No, come back to me. That is the love of a father. You being earthly fathers, you discipline your children. How much more would your heavenly father discipline you and call you back to himself? Gratitude, guys. That is a sign that you're growing older, that you're maturing in Christ. See through the struggle. See through the discipline. And let gratitude transform you. Galatians 5 tells us of the fruit of the Spirit, right? But what, what fruit of the Spirit do we have that doesn't find its foundation and all mixed up with gratitude, right? What love do we have that's not mixed up with gratitude? What joy do we have that doesn't flow and spring forth from gratitude? What peace do we have that doesn't find its resting place in gratitude? What patience do we have it doesn't come from the place that we're grateful for others being patient with us, right? What kindness, what faithfulness, what gentleness, what self-control comes, except that it comes with gratitude and it springs forth from this heart that's aligned with the Lord, understanding who he is, who we are not, and yet through him, who he has called us to be. Number five is this. Gratitude is an uncontrollable response to overwhelming grace. Gratitude is an uncontrollable response to overwhelming grace. Now, the other, the other four we've talked about are things that you have to proactively do, right? The things you have to be trained to do. But nobody has to be trained for this kind of gratitude. I remember this story in 2010 of the 33 miners in Chile that got trapped down below. Y'all remember that? Half a mile under the earth, the mine collapsed, and there was like very small chance that they would get out alive, that any of them would even be rescued. And those men were under the ground, half a mile under the earth for 69 days. And I want you to just close your eyes for a second. Just do a little, do a little practice here, okay? Do a little exercise. Close your eyes for a second. And I want you to imagine having been in this hopeless place for months, in a dark place for months. And you didn't know if you could be rescued. You didn't know if what dangers were ahead. It was dark. You didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if you would ever see your family again. And after 69 days, there's a, there's a cage that comes down and you get into it and you, you go up through the dark for a half a mile. And in this one amazing moment of grace and of goodness you come up out of the ground and the door to that capsule unlocks and you step out on the earth and breathe the fresh air and you hug your wife and children that you thought you would never see again gratitude is an uncontrollable response to overwhelming grace. And some of you guys, in your heart, you're deep down in that mine. You're in that place in the dark that you feel absolutely hopeless. 
you feel unrescuable. You feel like God cannot reach you. And yet there is a God who is tirelessly working day and night to reach you. There is a God who made a pathway from heaven to earth to come down, to be tempted as we are tempted, to live a perfect sinless life, to die on a cross for the weight of all the sins of the world to be put on his shoulders, for shame to be placed upon him, for the Father's face to turn away from him, for God to remove his presence from his very own son, for him to die. And yet through a miraculous miracle, God raised him from the dead. And because of his resurrection, you can be rescued. And many of you have had an experience where Jesus lifted you out of the darkest place. And you understand the uncontrollable response to to overwhelming grace. You understand that, right? You understand as as the the young man who was born blind in John chapter 9, what does he say? Jesus heals him and he's standing before the Pharisees and they're questioning, questioning him with a hundred questions. And he's like, listen, I don't know the answer to your questions. I don't know who this guy is, but what I do know is that once I was blind and now I see. An uncontrollable response to overwhelming grace. I think about The story of the 10 lepers in Luke 17, Jesus is walking down the road and these 10 lepers are yelling, hey, we're over here. Come, come touch us, come heal us. And Jesus touches him and says, go, go see the priest. You, You will be made clean. And along the way, while they're walking, it's like the leprosy just disappears. And nine of them keep walking, but one of them, it says this, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. When's the last time that you were so overwhelmed with gratitude that you fell on your face, that you fell into someone's embrace, just weeping because you were so grateful? Imagine those miners coming out. There were pictures and video of them just coming out of, out of that mine and just falling on their family members, just weeping. And my prayer for you is that you would experience God and the grace of Jesus in a way that creates an uncontrollable response of gratitude in your life. And if you have not experienced him in that way, seek him. You will find him. He is desiring, he desires to be found by you. And when he touches you, you will be healed. When he embraces you, open wounds will be closed. Darkness will be turned to light. And what will your response be? An uncontrollable sense of gratitude for the Lord. That's what I pray for you. That's what I pray for my kids. If they say please and thank you, that's fine. But if they encounter Jesus in such a way that they see and feel deeply the touch of grace in their lives, 
that is the power of gratitude. So friend, gratitude is not just for kids. Gratitude aligns us. It fills us with humility and confidence. It is a deadly weapon to our flesh. Gratitude is a sign that we're growing up. That gratitude is a response to overwhelming grace. And friend, gratitude always looks good on you. Amen.